Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome back to Wine Times, brought to you in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club. With me, comedian and wine novice, Susie Ruffle. And me, Will Lyons, the Sunday Times Wine Columnist and Vice President of the Sunday Times Wine Club. Throughout this series, we'll be joined by a handful of your favourite celebrities for great wine and great conversation. As always, I'll be sharing my expert wisdom on all things great related, from the history of vineyards across the globe to the science behind your favourite wines. And I'll take on my favourite role as apprentice of wine and voice of the people, as I inquisitively ask the questions that we're all thinking, like, can I make any bottle of wine vintage if I just save it for long enough? Susie... Have you, have you learned nothing on this podcast? Will, 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 don't tell me off in the intro. We're here in Borough High Street's oldest and most marvellous 17th century pub, the George Inn. So here's to good wine and good times. Discussing and decanting with Susie and myself today is presenter, podcaster and author, Nick Grimshaw. Yes, Nick Grimmy, Grimmers, however you refer to him, you know exactly who we're talking about. A brilliant broadcaster and presenter, known for his mischievous charm, his wit and being BFFs with some of our favourite celebrities. Nick has an impressive career in broadcasting. He replaced Louis Walsh as a judge on The X Factor. He's a prime face on Celebrity Gogglebox and he spent 14 years behind a mic at Radio 1. And now Nick has published his autobiography, Soft Lad, where he reflects on his formative years accomplishing his dreams with a sprinkling of stories about clubbing, pop stars and even pies. Today, Nick joins us to do what he does best, have a chat. And on this occasion, we'll have a few glasses of wine as well. Hello, Nick. Hi, guys. Hi, Nick. Wow, I didn't know the introduction happened when I was sat here. Yeah, yeah how did that feel? It did was you quite hate intense. It? Yeah, I didn't know where to look. Okay. I looked directly down the camera <laughs> and just smiled. That was very nice. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Perfect day for it. We're going to talk about that lovely period between Christmas mm. and New Year, the betwixtmas. Yes, it? I love it. And um, we don't have a tawny port today, but I think tawny port lends itself to those sort of... You know the days when the You're family... like, what day is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, is it Tuesday? I love that feeling. Oh, <laughs> yeah. is it Tuesday? But you've still got all the family around. And you just want to escape for a long walk. Mm. And you, then you get back, it's like four o'clock, and you're in the mood because you've been eating and drinking for so long. 
<laughs> and you pour yourself a chilled glass of tawny. It's perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there you have go. a little pour. I remember a few years ago, I had a Christmas party and uh, my friend Sinead came around and she was mad for port and she brought port and we had a really nice night on port and ever since then every time I've seen her she's like I bought you more port <laughs> so I've got like a cupboard of port and I think I just dabbled in it one Christmas but maybe I'll get back into it this year it, it always gets blamed for the hangover yeah uh, but I always think people forget how much they've actually drank before the port yeah which is usually the last drink of the yes yeah, so you're like uh, that's of, the th- one <laughs> it, it was yeah. never the one you've had the 18 pints of lager and yeah I quite like this time in between Christmas and New Year, though. You know, you like that feeling where you don't know what day it is. Yeah, it's great. I yeah. love it. Well, because I suppose you're, like, always busy, 100 miles an hour, running around town. It's nice when it feels like everything else is closed. Oh, I love it. And it's like, well, I can't do anything. I can't I do anything. I simply must stop. I've just got to watch the telly. Yeah. yeah. I have to stop. And I like knowing, feeling, oh, not knowing what day it is. Mm. I always think that's, like, maybe what, like, what rock stars feel like all the uh, time. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're, like, <laughs> schedule, whatever. I love, do you know what I always do? I always take my watch off because I feel like, I, I suppose because it's, you know, if you're a stand-up, you've always got to be aware of time because yeah, if yeah. you're on stage, it's like you need to do exactly 20 minutes, you've got to do seven minutes. If you're recording something for telly, it'll be that's, you've got to do 26 minutes exactly or whatever. And so I always feel like I'm really aware of time, especially yeah. when I'm gigging a lot or if I'm on tour, you need to do an hour and a, an hour and a 20 minutes in the second half or whatever. And so as soon as I, I know that I'm not working when my watch is off and Bedwixmas, I went pop on. Oh, straight off. Straight off. Straight off in the bin. Watch off, bra off, Bedwixmas. <laughs> is it a good time to go away though? <laughs> because I'm not going away this year. So I'm trying to convince myself that I... No, may... you want to stay in. You want to yeah, be in your house so. yeah, and I tell your family it, yeah. to leave. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good time for like a little mooch. I, I love, I don't know if this is depressing, but I love walking around town when everything's shut. Yes. Like you said, in like a wintry night yes. on like a Sunday night and all the shops are shut and there's no one around. Does that make me sound like a grouch? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like when it's desolate and no, dark. No, it's nice because it feels like you're like, oh, this is my London. Yeah. But we were no talking tourists. about that, weren't we? Yeah. Christmas in London. I've done a few Christmas in London. And it is. The whole city empties out. Mm. I like it a lot. Well, we've only had, me and my boyfriend last year, we had it together. Mm-hmm. We both had COVID. We were planning to oh. go to my mum's and we both had COVID. We weren't ill and we both didn't realise we didn't have COVID until we were like cooking a really nice meal on like the 21st. And I was like, this doesn't smell of anything. And then I was like, oh, oh no, no, oh, no. God. And then the year before we were in like lockdown. Yeah. So we had the last two Christmases, just yeah. me and Mish in London and really loved it. And I'd never had Christmas away from my family and I was, I was getting really upset about it and I was really worried and how weird it was going to be. And then we loved it. Yeah. That, oh, no offence. I'm fine, Mum. If anything, it's preferable. Yeah, yeah anyway, actually, have a good day. Bye. I actually love this viral disease. I'm loving <laughs> it's a it. Guilty pleasure. Right, Will, where are we starting today? Right, well, we're not, we don't have any champagne. We thought we might be champagned out. Actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are going to northwest Spain. Mm. I naturally f- feel that Spain is a, is a very hot country and, you know, you think of, um, I don't know, Carvo and Rioja, mm-hmm. even Sangre, <clears throat> I suppose. But if you think about the northwest, this is this sort of jagged headland that faces the Atlantic and the Bay of Biscay. And you've got a lush green landscape. And actually, they have a lot of rain there. I think they have, you know, it's got quite a lot in common with Ireland, I suppose. And it's home to this scintillating white wine. The great variety is Alvarino. And this is the perfect. I mean, we talk about a lot about fridge door whites. <laughs> but if it, if it is Betwixtmas, and you may have had a little bit too much the night before, no one's going to judge if you just, you know... Have a cheeky glass at lunchtime. Yeah. And this is the glass to have. This is the one. Ooh, because yeah. it's all about... It's, oh, it's really it, nice. It's all about tanginess and freshness, floral aromatics. 
This is a, a, a wine that sommeliers love and pairs well. You've got to think oily fish. Mm, yeah. Maybe um, anchovies on toast. Oh, that's toast. nice. A little yeah. on toast, a little glass of wine. Yeah. That is really nice, isn't Ooh, it? Oh, I love that. You're right. You know, and that, that is if you have had too much to drink. <laughs> That almost feels like a, a health elixir. <laughs> You're like, that's, that's, that's not alcoholic. That's 25 a day. Oh, yeah, come on, fresh grapes. I think it's been described as having the freshness of Sauvignon Blanc mm. with the aromatics of a great variety from the, the rain called Viognier. Mm-hmm. That sort of mm. peachy, plus the, and the sharpness of, of Chianti. Oh, yeah, that's but delicious. But it's bracing, isn't it? Yeah. That could really derail my day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm planning yeah. on doing. Yeah, really good. It's delicious. What would you, what would be your go-to for a drink if you, it doesn't have to be wine, uh-huh. but if you, if you were in a bar or if you were going out for dinner, what's your go-to? I do love a wine. I don't know too much about wine. And when I've been doing my podcast with Angela, I've been like learning little bits Ooh. and I love that. And that's why I wanted to come on here. Because well, I love. ask Will everything. Yeah, so Susie, I want to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I was like, yeah, I, I find it so fascinating and such an interesting world of so many variations and regions and different grapes. Like I, I, I feel yeah. like I really want to be one of those people that invests their time and learns. The people who make the podcast got me a wine, um, a sommelier course. Oh, did they? But I've not been on yeah. it yet, so I'm going to do it in the new year. Me and my boyfriend are going to go and do it because I just want to know. So I think a good way, so it's a bit like delving into Narnia. It's a bit yeah, like yeah. learning a new language as well as learning well, a new... We've both been in the closet before, so we, I, have, we, so we'll, yeah. we know that place. Or, That's or sort of learning a new genre of music. If you know nothing about modern jazz or classical music, how on earth do you know until you've listened to those composers yeah. and, and made a... I think a good place to start, wine is made from grapes. You plant... You know, they, they, okay. We've got that down. Yeah. Yeah. Wine they, from grapes. Yeah. They start growing in March. You pick them in <laughs> September, October, November. You, um, you pick the grapes, you you've, uh, ferment them, and it creates wine. The number one primary driver of flavour and character comes from the grape variety. Now, the bad news is there is a book written by Jancis Robinson, the esteemed wine critic, which I think features 1,400 different grape varieties. But (laughs) you only need to learn what we used to call... 1,300. Yeah. Well, there's only 100 planted commercially, but you need to learn half a dozen, really. Mm -hmm. And they used to be called the noble grape varieties, but there's so much pomposity in wine. We now call them the principal grape varieties. And on your sommelier course, you'll go through them. And what are they? Well, let's go through them. So if you think about white wine, it would be Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, know her. Chardonnay, Mm -hmm. which which we're having next. Uh, Riesling. Yeah, mm, yeah. Then you get to red wine, you'd have Merlot, uh-huh. Cabernet Sauvignon, uh-huh. yes. Syrah, yes. Pinot Syrah Noir, Pinot yeah. Noir. Yeah, no, huh? And then yeah. I think the eighth one would be Grenache, oh, which you find that. in the Southern Rhone. It's very easy going. Mm. And you she need to, to then complicate matters. The wine, there are 38.4 billion bottles produced every year. But I think if we start now, we could give a good go. Well, absolutely. But, but, yeah. but it is global, but there are only pockets of places around the world where you can ripen those grapes to make a good stance of wine. Um, but you really want to learn, I think you want to start with the classic regions mm-hmm. of France mm-hmm. and build out from there. Okay. So France is, you've got Champagne, yep. Yep. Bordeaux, which is Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot, Burgundy, only two great varieties, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, the Rhone Valley, Syrah, mm-hmm. and Viognier, and the Loire Valley as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the other big thing, I can't just sell everything down into, into 10 no, minutes. No, 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 but this is very no, interesting. Yeah. But is the, the big dichotomy between wine is the old world 
yes, be the new yes. world. So the old world is classic Europe, who have been making wine for thousands of years, yeah. sometimes on that very same site for thousands of years. The new world, pompously again, we call it, is places like California, Argentina, Australia, New Zealand, yeah. Chile. In the Southern Hemisphere, in the new world, they put the name of the grape variety on the label. Makes it very, very easy for the beginner. Right. Because suddenly you taste Chardonnay, you think, ah, oh, I remember that taste. This is, I think, what it's going to taste like. Mm-hmm. In the old world, they believe it's the soil or the vineyard that imparts the flavour. They don't actually think the grape variety. They think that's just a vehicle for it. Mm-hmm. So they put the name of the vineyard and the village. And that's where it gets very sophisticated. Right. If you're in a very fancy restaurant. Mm-hmm. Because they, you, because you'll, you'll have a look at the wine list and it will say Loire Valley. And it won't say the grape variety. It will just have the villages. And you'll have to know that Sancerre produces Sauvignon Blanc. They won't tell you. So you say to your sommelier, I'd like a glass of Sancerre, please. Mm. And he will bring you Sancerre. But he won't tell you it's a Sauvignon Blanc. But also even to make it even more complicated, the Sauvignon tastes slightly different in Loire than it does in New Zealand. In New Zealand, it's very tropical. If you think of the Southern Hemisphere as a rule of thumb, lots of heat, mm-hmm. lots of fruity tropical characters. In Sancerre, it's much more dry, savoury, crisp, saline. See, I love a Sancerre. And Me if, too. If I'm going for, and I only know about Sancerre from when I'd go to people's houses, if I had like nice time or if they were rich, yeah. I'd look what wine they had in the fridge and then I'd be like, that'll probably be all right. So that'd be like my go-to when I was in a restaurant. Yes. So I saw that in someone's house, Sancerre, and she used to always pour it. And I was like, I'll just order that from now on. And that's what I stuck to because I was like, feel like she wouldn't have rubbished wine. Yeah. It was yeah. my thought. So I went on that, but I do love if I go out of Sancerre. But why do I like that? Is it dry, isn't it? It's dry, but it's also crisp. Yeah. It has refreshing acidity and it gets the taste buds. Tingling. Yeah. It, it just invite. It just makes you start thinking of lunch. Yeah. It, I, yes, I, it does make you start thinking of lunch. Every morning ask? when I have my glass. <laughs> <laughs> can I, so, so Sancerre is a place. Yeah, it's a village. Yeah, It's a village. And... What they plant there is Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. So if you if you're someone that says, "Oh, I love a Sancerre," you're you're actually someone that loves a Sauvignon Blanc, yeah. but they just don't put them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, see, God, two series in, I've got it. She's got it. Got it. Got Nailed it. That's the end. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs> but yeah, I do love a Sancerre if I go out. That's what I would order, or a Riesling. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Like, is that also a dry friend? No. Yes, it can be well. It, it can be dry or sweet, depending okay. on when they pick the grapes. This wine we put in our glass I like is this in a lot. the same love this, genre yeah. as Sauvignon Blanc. That's why it's quite fun because it's like the sommelier's favourite. Alvarina, you look quite. You know, if, you, if you're looking to impress your wine friends, mm. oh, I you am. say, you know, aren't we just a bit bored as Sancerre? Sauvignon? Should we just try an Alvarina? They'd be like, oh yes, oh, yeah. it's one of the most exciting wine regions for critics and enophiles. Also, does it feel like this? It feels like I know it's not champagne, but it feels like a bit of an upper. Do you know what I mean? It's got that. It's got that sort of lift to it that not all whites have. Where it feels sort of, you know, it'd be a nice thing to start with. Searingly dry, Mm. though. Yeah. So we quite like this Alvarino. I really like it. Oily fish. Yeah. Maybe some hard toast. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Very nice. Okay, where are we going to next? We're going to France. At the Sunday Times, what we try and do, we always try and find wines that punch above mm-hmm. uh, their taste and flavour in terms of the price you pay. And this is one such wine. So Chardonnay, let's go back to our grape varieties, mm-hmm. 
It's the most ubiquitous white grape variety. You can grow Chardonnay everywhere on the wine route. All you need is a bit of sun at the end of the season to ripen it. That's why you find it everywhere. When it's oaked, it does take on this sort of creamy vanilla character, which is very, very popular. Now, the home of Chardonnay, the sort of the spiritual home is in Burgundy in France, sort of eastern France, in sort of three or four villages there called Merceau, Sassani Morachet and Poulini Morachet. And that's where you get the, the, the greatest expression of Chardonnay. And those wines certainly now go for thousands of pounds a bottle, mm. which we can't afford. No, who can? So this oh. is from the south of France, from the Lemoux. It's made by a winemaker called Marc Hoddy. And it's almost like an imitation of the great Chardonnay that you would find in Burgundy. It's called La Voute 2021 and um, hugely popular. Oh, wow. Yeah. It is Very creamy. creamy. Oh, it has that creaminess, doesn't it? I mean, that mm -hmm. richness of the nose. But when you put it in your mouth. Mm. Now, I'm just drinking mine, and you guys are doing all kinds of <laughs> mouth tricks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, wow. You've got to get a bit of air in. A bit of air. Yeah. So go on, teach me how to do it. Come on, Will. Come on, Will. Does every guest do this every no, single time? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. So there's two ways of smelling. One is orthonasal. And that's oh, when you... I love this. So orthonasal is like when you can smell perfume or aftershave. Uh -huh. Or you go into a bakery and you can smell the oh, bread. Mm, the the classic one is is um, is bacon. Yep. Mm. Or toast, burnt toast. So lower your nose in. Now... Your sense of smell is your olfactory bulb, which is your front part of your brain. Actually, your nose is just a funnel. Your mouth will have between two and 10,000 taste buds, and they will obviously pick up sweetness, sourness, um, bitterness, acidity, and umami, the fifth sense, mm. uh, discovered by a Japanese professor. But actually, your sense of smell is your brain, and there's two ways of getting it through. One is through your nose, and at the back of your mouth, you've got another hatch as well. And it's called retronasal olfaction. Oh so God, what we're doing sexy. is, so I talk about orthonasal smelling, but what you really want to do, the other one is um, retronasal. That's when you put the wine in your mouth and you you sort of suck over the air. Over the top You of swirl it. it around. And as you're doing this, all the little smell receptors at the back are picking up. So let's, um, okay. let's try it with this wine. I could demonstrate. Okay. I'm watching. Okay. You want to drag the air across. And that will bring out those toasty notes and the vanilla character. Yeah, really vanilla. Yeah. That's Ooh. what I was looking for. <clears throat> that did taste different. Yeah. Yeah. And then the smells are opening up in your... You've got about... Mm. I think you've got about between 15 and 20 million smell receptors. Yeah, I have 20 million. Yeah, 20. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I read well, that on your bio, say, actually. Yeah, yeah it's in, I think that, it's yeah. in there, yeah. So a Chardonnay... <laughs> I always thought a Chardonnay was a bit of a... Bad rep. ABC. This is a very right? bad rep. And I remember I went on holiday with my mum. Just me and my mum went away. And we, went, we were in Miami. And we went to this restaurant, Italian restaurant. And had like I had like a, a, a lemon risotto. Or I don't know, some risotto. And the, the, the guy was like, oh, you should have Chardonnay with it. And my mum was like, oh, I wouldn't have a Chardonnay. <laughs> and I said, oh, he's saying... And, He's the sommelier. My mum was like, don't get a Chardonnay. I said, well, I'll listen to you because you like work here. And my mum doesn't. And <laughs> she was like, oh, no, not a Chardonnay. And I was like, you know, it's a bit of a bad rep. And I was like, yeah, my mum's yeah. right. And it was like, 
perfect. And me and my mum still talk about that combination of that risotto and that Chardonnay. And my mum's bought Chardonnay since and not liked it. And she's like, I think I needed the risotto from that nice Italian restaurant. But it was just something that totally works. But why does it have a bad rep? Because, as I said it before, it's so ubiquitous. So it's easy to grow. And also, in the 80s, I think everyone sort of... Yeah, it's a bit bad 80s rep. Everyone latched onto it. Yeah. And so they, they were making lots and lots of it. Chardonnay. But also, it takes to oak really well. And you get a lovely vanilla oaky character. But people were doing, were using poor oak, but also using oak chips. It was like tea bags full of oak, oh. dropping it into huge vats to impart that flavour. And it just wasn't very nice. Mm. You know, cheap Chardonnay can be grim. And I think that's what gives it a bad rap. Which is a shame because the world's most expensive and sought after white wine is actually Chardonnay. And as we've seen here, it can So be because delicious. it's so ubiquitous, it means that it's just so wildly varying of how yeah. good it is. Yeah, it's almost like... I don't know, thinking of an analogy, bad tomatoes. You know, a good mm-hmm. a good, good tomato. Yeah, because you could have it and it just tastes like water. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. you could have a tomato and be like, oh my God, yeah, this exactly. tomato. Yeah. yeah. And totally. that's exactly what I like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. So how do we know what's a good Chardonnay or what's a rubbish Chardonnay? Well, that's the trick. I mean, that's the trick. That, that, Call you. So you that, 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 <laughs> will direct. I mean, that's why you have wine critics, because we taste lots. I mean, we taste dozens of wines, and we can eke out those ones that, that aren't, aren't so good. Is there a specific place, if you were looking for a Chardonnay, someone's listening to this right now, and they're thinking, do you know what, I haven't had a Chardonnay for a while, and I'd really like to have one. Is there a region that yes. do it particularly well? Oh, yeah, I think so. So, obviously, Burgundy in France. Mm-hmm. I like Chardonnays from the North Island of New Zealand, of Hawke's Bay. Oh, okay. Really well. Sonoma in California. Um, Australia makes some good Chardonnays now. I think this gets a balance just right, actually. Well, you know, you're doing a tasting like that and you're doing like, how, what would be the most amount of, uh, if you're going to, like going to Australia to taste loads of their wines, what would be the, the most amount of, of wines you do in a day? Oh, what's the biggest day I've done? Maybe 300? <gasps> But I break two. It's three hundred <laughs> wines. Maybe it is. But then how? Surely how, after about the eighth one, you're like, they're all nice. It just tastes, <laughs> how does it taste? Like wine. Like it tastes wine. like wine. Um, but how do you reset your palate? Oh yeah, that's yeah, it's a good question. Because if you know, I know that sometimes if you're eating, you might change. Or but if you're out and you're maybe not having food with it, but you do want to have something different, you don't want to stick to the same bottle. Is there a way that that you could reset your, your palate? Well, the obvious answer to that is just drink lots of water. Right. So if we're doing a, a tasting, we don't have many days when we do as many as 300 wines, but I like to break it down into flights of 10. And th- 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 this is the thing that... That no- still sounds like a lot, This is the yeah. thing that nobody believes. It's not a gustatory pleasure. You're really focusing and concentrating. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. we spit out. Yeah. Um, and then you reset. So we have Carl's water biscuits because they dry out the mouth. Right. Um, don't have anything too strong like coffee or spice. Right. Uh, and just drink lots of water and have and have breaks as well. But actually, as I get older, I think a nice amount of wines is thirty. That's a great taste. Yeah, I always say thirty. <laughs> yeah, of thirty glasses. Now, is I must say, we are spitting out. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. pretty good. And, and then you've got your martini first. You've got to remember. Yeah, that's martini that's and then thirty glasses. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty good pretty standard around this time of year <laughs> like Christmas time you're like right. yeah I'll have another one more no, <laughs> it's this is Wine Times 
with Susie Ruffle and Will Lyons. And we'll be back with more great wine and conversation before you even get the chance to top up your glass. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, what's our final one okay. of the day? Right, we're crossing the Atlantic. Good. I'm going to pull this out. Good, finally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Right. Thanks, Will. Oh, I've just read what it is. One of my absolute faves. Ooh. Very nice. Now, that smells amazing. Yeah, so we're in Argentina. Ooh, yeah. So we're in the southern hemisphere, what we pompously call the New World. And it's a joint venture, though. So famously, if you think about all the expertise in France and Spain and Italy... Winemakers love to travel and sort of share the love. And this is a joint venture between two very famous families, uh, the Rothschild family of Bordeaux that make one of the world's most expensive wines, Chateau Lafitte, and Nicolas Cantina from Argentina. It's a blend of Malbec with Cabernet Sauvignon. Wow, so great this. This feels really light as well. I was worried like a red wine's going to immediately be like, I'm snoozy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like you're having your like, I'm tired. Do you want to talk about your feelings? And yeah, you know what I mean? Cuddle up under a blanket? This feels... But you've nailed it yeah. because it's got a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon. So it's 70% Malbec. And the Cabernet Sauvignon gives it the lift. Mm. And that, but yeah. Yeah, it doesn't Just feel heavy that at all. No. Seductive really black fruit. Mm. Very nice. You could have this at Christmas, actually. Yeah. Yes, it'd be very nice. What do you think about a Bucks Fizz? Do you think that's, is it, is it no, terrible to put I think it's orange juice in I think in you need it? just like a, a, a suggestion of orange. Very well, so literally good point. you look at it and go, I think, Yeah, I like it's that like, that use a pipette. <laughs> yeah. like, bump. And it's like Bloody Mary's. It's, it all hinges I love a Bloody Mary, on the actually. quality of the orange juice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If it's that horrible, 
concentrated orange juice from Asda. I was going to use Robinson's. <laughs> I was going to use Cordial, right? yeah. Cordial, yeah. 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 Want, <laughs> you, I think of the champagne and <laughs> the water. Delicious, fresh, with all the bits in. Mm, yeah, yum. And it's just a splash, you're right. Mm. Teaspoonful. That's with good champagne as well. Or okay. English sparkling wine. Yes. English sparkling wine would be nice, actually. Yes. Before we... Before we end, I want to talk to you a bit about your book. Oh, yeah, okay. How did you find writing it? Um, well, <laughs> well, I did the first chapter quite easily, and I really, really loved writing the first chapter because I got asked to do this um, trek for sport relief mm-hmm. where I went to Namibia and we did like a marathon a day for five days. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was intense and it was, you know. God, you must be really fit. Well, I was three years ago when I sure. did it. Um, less so now. Um, and yeah, it was up and down sand dunes. And you're like, how big could a sand dune be? Big, like the shard, <laughs> like seriously, like a mountain. So we did, we did that and it was... It was really incredible to, you know, to go to Namibia and we were, we were allowed in this this national park and the sand, the way that it blows off of the ocean was like no one had ever stepped on it before oh, and like wow. people aren't allowed just to walk through it. So it was incredible and you're on your own for most of the day. So you're just out with no phone trying to survive on your own. So you end up having like mad, you know existential crisis and stop thinking about like your family and your life and you're like wow look at look at nothing like what am I doing back in London it's nonsense and you know you have all like a word for yourself basically so I was having like these really like emotional incredible moments out there and sometimes I'd be laughing about something that I remembered on my own or I'd be crying about something that happened years ago and it was like really therapeutic and then genuinely it sounds dramatic and I do tend to be dramatic sometimes but I genuinely did nearly die on it like I got um heat exhaustion and it got my my like core temperature was like 40 degrees which is mad dangerous and I went into I can't remember it was called some sort of like your body goes into like a toxic sort of shock situation where you're like vibrating and like my jaw locked and it was really scary. And then they couldn't like calm me down for hours and it took like hours when my body's all rigid and shaking. And then the next day I wasn't allowed to do it, but I felt fine. And it it was intense. It was really crazy and really intense. So when I got back, and I loved it, like, you know, apart yeah. from that bit. But then, like, I was allowed, like, the next day to carry on and do the three final days of it. And so when I got back, I remember going back into Radio 1 and, and seeing everyone in the office. And everyone was like, how was it? And I was like, oh, my God, it was amazing and beautiful and life-changing. And then a minute later, you see someone else in the office. And they're like, how was it? But you're like, oh, I can't be bothered telling you again. So you were like, oh, it was hard. And then the next was like, how was it? And you're like, I was so hot. <laughs> so I remember thinking, I'm sort of editing out how amazing and life-changing that experience was. So I was like, let me just write it down because I didn't want to I didn't want to forget it and I didn't want my memory to just be like, oh, it was hot. Yeah. yeah. Which I felt like I was sort of forgetting how amazing it was. So I sat and wrote and I, I basically, ended, I wasn't planning on writing a book and I ended up just writing like the first chapter and I wrote it like that. And then sent it off to my agent and I was like oh I just thought I'd share this with you because I've, I've written it and I thought you'd like to read it and she's like this is really good you should do a book would you be up for it and I was like yeah sent it to some publishers and then 
you know, someone was like, we'll, we'll love to do something. That was great. And I was like, that was great. And then I'd done <laughs> 5,000 words. And then they were like, now we just need like 65,000 more. But then the rest of my life, I'd not nearly died in Namibia. So it was really <laughs> hard. Like that's like quite easy to write. You're yeah. like, oh my God, the hills, the heat, yeah. the nearly dying. Then I was like, oh, now what? Oldham. So the effort, being like Oldham in the summer is, can, get, can get to 22 degrees. So the first chapter was like really, like it sort of like fell out of me. Yeah. And I sort of needed to write it, I think. Whereas the rest of it, I didn't really know what, it could be anything. And like, you know, they left me to it and they, they said, you can have a ghostwriter if you want, but I, I didn't want it. I wanted to write it myself and I wanted to figure out what the book needed to be. But I'd never done any where there was no sort of instant result or yeah. reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the radio, you talk about a cat and everyone texting pictures of their cat. Or you talk about, did you watch this on telly last night? And then no one did. So you're like, oh, stop talking about that. Yeah. So you get like an yeah. instant reaction. Or when I'm DJing, I'll DJ. And if the song's good, everyone, everyone goes, cheers. Way! Yeah. Or you'll see people like leaving the floor. You're so like, change like, the track, change, change the, the track. Music. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with a book, they're like, see you in a year. And then so for the year, you're like, what am I doing? And is this good? And do people like it? So it was hard to like do that because I'd never, ever done that in my life, just been left to my own devices. But then it's something that the more I did it, the more I felt confident in it and the more I loved it and I figured out when my brain worked. And some days it didn't at all. And for some weeks it didn't. And I'd, I'd never had like a long break. I'd never been on like holiday anywhere long longer than two weeks so when I left Radio 1 I was like I'm gonna go somewhere for a month and it was January so I was like I'm gonna go to LA because I thought it's a city there's things to do it'll be like sunny everywhere's miserable in January I didn't want to go to like a beach because I thought I just wouldn't do anything if I went to like Thailand I'd just get drunk on the beach I was like I feel like People in LA, like, get on with stuff, maybe. They're working. They're, They're getting working. things done, you know? I, mean? you know? I thought I could work in the day and it's sunny. And I went there and it was like, I did nothing for the month. But I think it's because I didn't really meet anyone very funny. So I needed to be around, like, funny people. And when I was yeah. trying to, like, write about my childhood in Oldham and, and coming-of-age stories and, you know, a lot of it's all about 90s British culture when I was growing up. So I felt quite isolated there. So that was, that was the not a good idea to go there because I did right. nothing and then when I got back my deadline was really close so I was like shit I'll just do it here yeah. <laughs> so then I just got on with it but I did enjoy it I, there was days where I was like what have I done and this is the hardest thing ever to sit and just write 70,000 words about whatever you want but then um, I decided it should be all sort of coming of age stories or like lessons learned or mm. how things shaped me um, so that's sort of what each and you chapter must be ended up being, enormously being. proud because it's yeah. been received so well. Yeah, I really, really am. It's like the thing I think I'm most proud of that I've ever done, and I'd never thought I'd write a book. Yeah. And actually, I really, really did love the the process of sort of looking at life and breaking it down, and what I'd learned, and what my family had taught me, and how like friends had shaped me. And yeah, I really did enjoy the process. And it's nice now that people are reading it which doesn't happen with radio because, you know, you put all your work into yeah. radio and then it's like, you know, it's Done. gone like that. So it's really nice that this like lives on and every day and genuinely every day I wake up to messages on Instagram or Twitter where people are, they're not just saying like, like the book. They'll be like, oh, I really resonated with this part. Yeah. Or I loved what you said about your dad because that reminded me of my dad. Or I love like you talking about when you were feeling you know, out of place as a gay kid and my kid's gay and I've given it to him and you're getting like, I don't know, people connecting to it such a deeper way, yeah. which is so yes. lovely to, you know, share with people. Soft lad, go and yeah. get a copy from your independent bookseller. Yeah, yeah. please. Yes. 
Well, I might um, read that over in a year. Why yeah, not? why not? Yeah, Come on, little glass of wine in the book. <laughs> little glass Tawny of wine. port, maybe. I did yeah. actually <laughs> think at times, because, you know, I was left to my own devices, like, one day I was like, I should smoke in here, because I'm a writer, and I don't smoke. So one day I did, like, <laughs> order fags on, like, a delivery service and I was like I'll sit in my lounge and write like and Harry like, Bradshaw yeah and I was like maybe I'll have a glass of wine and my boyfriend came back he's like w- are you alright like, <laughs> left Radio 1 and like smoking and drinking in the lounge on a Tuesday listen whatever you gotta do to get that you work gotta out do it. you it gotta happens. do it got there. <laughs> I like this red a lot this I really it's like really this. nice this Malbec so Malbec has now overtaken um Shiraz it's a, I don't think you can say you're smelling it oh yeah come on um, <laughs> because I'm not sure it's a, a been officially announced as Britain's most popular grape variety in terms oh. of the amount we buy. Oh. And I think it's because it's consistent. Mm-hmm. So it always has this sort of seductive sort of dark fruit. Easy to pronounce and remember. Yeah, yes, easy. that's massive, isn't that's it? That's a huge thing. Easy. I know it sounds a glib point, but... Um, and good value. Mm-hmm. You know, good value. But the, 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 this is obviously a, you know, a very good value. Yeah, it is a good name as well. Our friend, she loves a red... And her house was named by all of our friends as Malbec Lodge. Because every time you'd go over, she'd be on the Malbec. So, yeah, shout out to Malbec Lodge. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Really stuck. Oh, my rings on the chair. Yeah, that's that like, a, like a little, little bit of a cushion. A little bit of a cushion on the podcast. Just sing us out. Yeah, here we go. Playing the rings. <laughs> Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank Which you. Which is your favourite? My favourite. I think my favourite... Is the first one. Yes. The Avarino. The Avarino. The Avarino from northwest Spain. Yeah. Very nice. Galicia. Yeah. What about you guys? I'm going to go for the Malbec. I always go for the red, don't I? I'm with Nick. I think the first one was just... A bit special. Really mm. bracing acidity. Oh, so it really stayed it in my mouth. Wait like I really remembered yeah. it, even though I had the others. Yeah, great. But, I mean, all delicious choices. It is very good. You mm. can't get away from that. Really? It is very lovely. Mm. I might have to get some of that for my mum. Do it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I think that might be a good one for her. Well, thank you well, for thank you. With us. Oh, guys, thank you so much. Thanks <laughs> for having me. That was so much fun. Thank you and Happy New Year. That's it from us. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club. Produced by Anya Pierce and the series producer is Ben Mitchell. You can follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do this via your favourite podcast app. We'll be back next week with more delicious wine and another great guest. Remember that all of the wines we tasted today are noted in the episode description and you can get your hands on all of them from the Sunday Times Wine Club website. From all of us here at The Georgian, thank you very much for listening and we hope to see you next week for more Wine Times. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.